Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 109, continuing looking our looking our way through the gospels. And today we're talking about how Jesus heals and teaches. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, just love, you know, I can't believe we're 109 episodes in and, um, and still fun. um still talking about Jesus and going strong. I love, I love um season, looking at what Jesus uh, is doing and what he is saying. Um, so let me let me ask you a question. We, we typically do this. Uh, what qualities do you look for in a friend? Hmm. I love a friend who is a good listener. Okay. Um, that we share some common interests. Okay. Um, yeah. One who is honest, like will speak honestly to me, help me see my blind spots. Um, yeah, those are the first thing. Well, a, a good sense of humor, fun. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a priority yeah. to me too. Okay. I think those are the, <laughs> the first few things I think and, of. And I would, I would, again, I would double click on all of those. Um, again, having fun together, being able to laugh together, um, similar kind of, uh, sense of humor, uh, trustworthy, obviously, mm-hmm. will be with you through thick and thin. Um, individuals who care about um, my needs, um, just as I care about theirs. Yeah. You know, for uh, you know, individuals who will ask me how I'm doing before they just unload on how they're doing, and it's like, like, like we leave the conversation and they. Didn't ne- they never asked me how I was doing? So, <laughs> yeah. so I think I think being able to have someone who actually cares and there's a mutuality mm-hmm. that happens um, in the relationship, and uh, and we we actually get a chance to see. We're asking the question because I think we get a chance to see friendship at its finest mm-hmm. in the um, in at least two of the the, the stories that we're going to take a look at uh, today. And so, where are we where are we today in in terms of passage? Yes. So the first um, story that we'll talk about is commonly called well, it's healing of a paralytic, yep. and this is one of the friendship ones. Yep. Um, it's a story that maybe is one of the more commonly known. Um, healings of Jesus because of not so much the person the person needed healing, but his friends yeah. who bring him to Jesus and go to all a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent effort to be sure they get their friend right in front of Jesus. They go up on the roof, they go through the roof and lower Jesus. Love it, or lower their friend right <laughs> in front of Jesus. Um, for healing. Yeah. I, and, and again, the, to me, this is, they cared enough about this man to see his need. And they heard about someone who could actually meet the need and bring some level of um, healing or normality to this man's life again. He's not been able to walk. And, um, and they know and have heard of Jesus doing certain kinds of miracles. And so they... They like they love his friend. They love their friend. They mm-hmm. care about him, and so they come and they do all that you mentioned. You know, tearing off the roof, luring him in front of Jesus. Number one, the fact that they 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 brought him, yeah, as opposed to asking Jesus to you know to come to where they were, and so um, so again, I think there's a level of desperation for their friend, and um, and they intercede for this this man. 
And, um, and so as they do all of that, the text says something that about Jesus. And yes. What, so what, in Mark two, verse five, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, yeah, yeah. he then heals. Um, so very interesting. It wasn't the faith of the person being healed, which yeah. we did just see in our previous episode with the leper. Yep. Um, if you are willing, he wasn't questioning Jesus's ability, but here we have the friend's. It's the friend's faith that Jesus is impressed with, um, which I think that can, I mean, we can make a couple of applications of that. One, sometimes we need our friends to bring us to Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. If we're just out of faith and yeah. and just don't even know, you know, just kind of paralyzed in whatever the situation is, our friends can bring us to Jesus. They can remind us, hey, he's always with you. Yeah. He remember this in the past, or maybe remember this in my experience, and they can bring encouragement to us when we feel like I, I just can't get there on my own. Yeah. We can lean on each other's faith. Yeah. I think this is, this is, again, this is an argument against or an answer uh, um, for individuals who say, you know, I'm not healed because I don't have enough faith. Uh, and there, there are individuals who might say that about people, you know, the reason why you're still sick, the reason why you're still poor, the reason why you don't have a financial blessing is because of your lack of faith. And this is a clear example is that there are times when I will not have enough faith to trust that God will do this or that God will heal or that God will come through. And yet we see the, I, I like to call it intercessory faith. We call we have something mm -hmm. called intercessory prayer where we pray for someone else. But in this case, we see intercessory faith where individuals are faithing enough for someone who may not have faith in, uh, in this, in the process of trusting God. And so we see Jesus sees their faith, as you mentioned. And so I began asking, what does it look like for someone to see someone's faith? I mean, we can, you know, we can hear about someone talking about faith, but what does it, what does it mean for, for Jesus to actually see their faith? So what do, what do you think when, when he saw their faith. Yeah. Well, it makes me think, isn't it James? Faith without works is yeah. dead. Yeah. Like our faith should look like something. It should translate into our actions. Yeah. It's not just something we keep in our hearts. It's not even just words that we say, Love like it. it should look like something. So it is looking compassionately on someone in need, like these guys did yeah. and, uh, and bringing them to Jesus. It is discipling other people yeah, like faith. Yeah, yeah. I believe that this is life-changing news that you need to hear. I want to share that with you. Yeah. I think all of those things. I yeah. mean, I think that, I think that's, I mean, Jesus sees them, them bringing this man, you know, tearing off the roof, lowering him down again, all of these are actions. And so, so, so the man is in front of Jesus and, and you're we're like, like this is a, a an amazing scene, and so Jesus immediately heals him, right? He does not. Oh, he does not. Whoa. He says, "Your sins are forgiven," which ruffles the feathers of the of the Jewish leaders. They but that's kind of surprising, though. I mean, the, they brought the man there for a physical healing. Yeah, clearly that and, he that is the kind of help. He and needs. Jesus flipped the script and mm -hmm. said, "Your sins are forgiven." Mm -hmm. 
So what do you make of that? Pointing out that Jesus knows what our greatest needs are. Mm. And that's what he addresses first. Even more than his physical need, this man had spiritual need. Yeah. And so Jesus goes to the heart and he says, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. 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 And then he goes on and heals his physical body. heals his physical body. But he addresses the greater need first. Yeah. That I love. I love that. And I think sometimes we... We get consumed and even distracted about the physical part that we miss our, again, as you mentioned, our greatest need. And mm-hmm. that is our our spiritual healing that connects us with God, the one who actually does the physical healing. And so I love the fact that um, that Jesus, um, he kind of reverses it. He does the the spiritual part first and then the physical part. Yeah. But when he when he heals the man, he just... Uh, when he when he actually says your sins are forgiven, and ultimately he heals it. it you mentioned he it ruffles the feathers of religious leaders, and um, why do you think that was the case? Because by saying he can forgive sins, Jesus is claiming to be God. Whoa. You know, yeah. people can't do that. <laughs> so they that is very upsetting to them because yeah. by saying by saying that Jesus is claiming deity. Yeah. Yeah. And they accuse him, you know, they, they say that he is blaspheming and blaspheming is, I mean, Jesus was accused of that on a number of occasions, but in this case, he is, he is claiming the space that only that's reserved for God. Mm -hmm. And, um, and ultimately it, 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 it is one of the things that lead to Jesus being crucified, which you know, we're, we'll come to much, much later, but, but they accuse him of that. And Jesus goes on say, you know, the father has given me authority to forgive sins. They don't like it. And Jesus really doesn't care whether they like it or not is that he is doing what the father has asked him to do. And, um, and, uh, and as a result, holy fear, and worship actually is the result of Jesus not only forgiving this man's sins, healing his body um, in this in this space. And and again, that that should be our reaction, no matter what, whether a, a physical healing is taking place or whether spiritual healing is taking place. Our response should be yeah. this: God is at work; He's here, um, and our response is is always worship. Yep. Now. The next story that occurs in this narrative in it's the Gospels. It's a friendship story in a it sense. It is. Yeah. It is. Now, in my NIV Bible, it actually entitles this, Jesus Eats with Sinners. <laughs> <laughs> I see here in the, this ESV Bible, it says, Jesus Calls Levi, who we also call Matthew, right. just an alternative right. name for him. But here we see Jesus again, yeah. crossing cultural boundaries. He um, calls Matthew or Levi to be his disciple, a tax collector, not a well thought of um, occupation at this time. Jewish people who were hired by the Roman government to collect taxes that people didn't want to pay yep. and often felt that they were getting gouged. And so Jesus is hanging out with this guy, 
and other, you know, more yeah. tax collectors. And I mean, the Bible just says, and sinners. Right. <laughs> so people that did not yeah, have good yeah, reputations. Yeah. Yeah. But this is who Jesus chooses to share a meal with, which even that is also a big deal. Yeah. Sharing a meal was a very special, important um, time. You know, in inviting somebody to share a meal with you was a very big invitation. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, again, Matthew is probably, um, he has seen and heard all the compelling teaching and healings, uh, seen the compelling uh, healings of Jesus. And um, and Jesus has probably been watching Matthew at the tax collector booth. And mm -hmm. Matthew has probably been watching Jesus and listening to him. And ultimately, when Jesus comes to him, he says, hey, follow me. And Matthew, he leaves his booth and he comes and he not only leaves his booth, but he leaves his tax collecting career behind and he follows Jesus. Now, one of the first things that he does um, where we see in all three of these accounts, I believe, is that he invites us, he throws a party mm -hmm. and he invites all all of his tax collecting buddies and friends to this party. Why does he do that? Because I think that's what good friends do. Good friends say this Jesus has changed my life um, or whatever product it is. If a product is working for you, you we become share an evangelist yeah. for that product. And I think Jesus does this uh, or Matthew does the same thing. Jesus has changed my life and I want to invite my friends to experience him as well. And so he throws this party and he invites not only the tax collectors, but the text says he invites other sinners as well. And Jesus is sitting and talking and eating, as you mentioned, this very, very intimate thing uh, called dinner and food. Mm -hmm. um, and here we have Jesus eating with all these marginalized outcast people. And, um, because I believe Jesus wants them to experience the kingdom of God, like Matthew is experiencing the kingdom of God. And so any, any, what, what else do you make of this? Yeah. So in Matthew's version of this story <laughs> at his house, which is an interesting thing to think about. I mean, yeah. this is Matthew telling from his perspective, um, he quotes Jesus as saying, well, two different things we can hit on here. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but yeah. those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus, one, is saying, hey, yeah, I'm not hanging out with the religious, with the people that have it, quote unquote, all together, because they don't need me. They don't even recognize their need for me. Maybe that's even, that's yeah. really what's more accurate. These people know they're messed up. Yeah. They know they need help. They are looking for a savior and that's who I've come for. Um, the people who recognize their need for God, whether that is a wealthy tax collector who still does look pretty good on the outside yeah. and poor fishermen and everybody in between. Absolutely. It's the, that heart for um, recognizing our desperation for God that Jesus um, is acknowledging. Yeah, I've come for those who are sick, yeah. not the ones who think who think they have it all together. Yeah. I, two questions have been um, <clears throat> As I, as I read this, two questions have kind of haunted me and challenged me and encouraged me as well. 
Uh, the first one is who am I eating with? Hmm. Am I just eating with people who are like me, who are quote unquote safe in the kingdom of God, or am I eating with people who, um, who are marginalized, who are, who have no understanding of their need for Jesus? Um, or, or at least they, 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 they recognize that they're sick and, but, but nobody is talking to them. No mm -hmm. one is eating with them. And so who am I eating with? The second question is, what do you think would happen to the church, our church, churches in general, if we never reached out mm -hmm. to people who are not followers of Jesus? This is exactly what Matthew does. So I began asking myself the question, what, what would happen to Trinity Church? if we never, ever reached out to people who are far from God. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not saying we, we answer that now. I'm just, it's a question that, that really, really re resonates. And it's kind of, kind of walking around in my heart, if you will, and, and challenging me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, thinking to, about that personally, as well as yeah, as a church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, Matthew gives us an example of not hoarding, the gospel, not hoarding the good things of God. He actually says that this gospel has changed my life and I want my friends to find, uh, find Jesus as well. It's kind of similar to the, the paralytic, the friends mm -hmm. brought him to Jesus and Matthew is doing the same thing. He's being a good friend. He's bringing his friends to Jesus. And, um, and I wonder, I wonder if all of us decided to have a Matthew party, you know, a Matthew party where we invited those who are um, who are far from God to say, hey, listen, I just I'm bringing you here. The food is great, but I, I really what I want you to know is that uh, I found someone who's revolutionized, changed my life and want you to meet him as well. And again, everybody in this room, you're in a different place, but at least I want you to know um, here is my story and how Jesus has changed my life. So just, yeah. just a question for us to ponder Absolutely. and consider individually, but also as a church. Yeah. Now, Jesus closes this section. Well, and we're closing this episode. I guess it's more <laughs> accurate. Jesus keeps on teaching, but we're closing this episode with a section where Jesus teaches about fasting. Yeah. So we go from a feast to fasting. <laughs> nice. Um, I like that. And John's disciples... And the Pharisees, well, people are like, hey, what, how come Jesus, your followers don't fast like John's do and the Pharisees do? Which is a fair question. Yeah. Um, and Jesus goes on, well, and, and if we think about John's disciples, John the Baptist's message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, so for sure, a more repentant, a preparation, a more somber tone Fasting fits yeah. right in along with that, what he was preaching. The Pharisees, they were all about ritual, um, and that was a part of their practices was fasting. But Jesus says, you don't fast when at a wedding, when the bridegroom is there. Yeah. And that's what he's describing. Now, the Messiah has come. This is a time for celebration. This yeah. is a time for feasting. There will be a time. He's not saying never fast again. Right. Um, but he just acknowledging that, like, hey, that is what they're doing is appropriate for them. But my followers right now are enjoying my presence and all the blessing, all the feasting yeah. that comes. And with Jesus them. brings he, again, he brings new he brings new life. And I think sometimes we um, we 
we allow wonderful spiritual tradi- traditions uh, to turn into dull, lifeless duties and yeah. rituals. And I think Jesus is kind of um, kind of helping us not to go in that direction. And again, you know, for those who, you know, you want to hear a little bit more on fasting episode 84, yes. uh, we talk um, a lot about fasting, the purpose of fasting. But in this case, we see Jesus saying, hey, listen, yes, it is a a wonderful spiritual tradition, but you don't want to turn something that is wonderful in helping us to connect with God into something that's rote and lifeless and um, and dull. And I think Jesus says, like, I am the life of the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the ritual. It's the person that the ritual leads you to that gives you life. And uh, and I think for us to keep that in mind, that um, that Jesus gives us new wine and he gives us new wine in new wineskins. And uh, in fact, he is the new wine that actually brings joy to our lives. And so um, so again, it, it's it's one of those things to keep reminding us. And uh, and I think he teaches a little bit about fasting to help us with that. Yeah. And we're going to see this theme in the next few episodes right. of how Jesus brings a new life or an awakening to dry systems. Um, we sometimes talk about Jesus having an upside down kingdom. There yeah, are things yeah. where, and and he says this in a future episode, but he doesn't come to abolish the law, but he did come to fulfill the law. Same idea. You don't just keep doing the same. Jesus is saying, nope, we're not. It is, it is a new day. We're doing old things in new ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is just the beginning of how we'll see that in these next few episodes. Yeah. yeah. So what can we learn about God um, from what we've covered today and what can we learn about ourselves? Hmm. Um, I am, well, I guess for myself and others, I'm thinking about friendship hmm. yeah. and the kind of friend that I want to be. Am I bringing my friends to Jesus, whether that is a friend in need, like the paralytic, or whether it is friends who don't yet know Jesus, like Matthew was doing, you know, what is, I mean, again, even this holiday season is a great opportunity to be an inviter um, to traditions that we might have um, and events that we might have uh, I thought, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking but about I, right you now. Know, and, and, I, and, and, you know, I'm going to put a pin here. You, you, you have done, I think a phenomenal job in being, um, being a, an inviter in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have, um, I think you've done, you've done so many things to help people, not overbearing, but helping people to, um, to hear the gospel um, you care about your neighbors. You love your neighbors so much so that you are like that friend bringing the paralytic, and uh, you are like Matthew. You you have thrown plenty of Matthew parties, uh, <laughs> being a, being you know in terms of football season and, and a lot of other ways. And so I want to I want to stop and you well, know and celebrate that. And 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 yes, can we do more? Yes, but but you you have done a phenomenal job in being an inviter and and. And even, even that is a conviction for me, you know, who am I eating with? I need to, again, like, like Matthew, I need to, um, I, 
I need to know that Jesus wants me to invite others to the party so that they might know uh, they might know him. And, and Jesus cares. He cares about those who are marginalized. He cares about those who are who yeah. are sick, like the paralytic and like the tax collectors. And I need to be like Matthew and the friends, you know, to be a better inviter mm-hmm. uh, and not just to a big event. Um, but to a personal, you know, encounter and relationship with Jesus. And so, uh, so thank you for, for modeling well, what that might, uh, what that might look like. Wow. And thank you, friends, for joining us on this episode. We regularly encourage you to have conversations with your friends. And maybe it's a party today, this time around that you're throwing, or it's a small invitation, but inviting people in to meet Jesus in new ways. 